0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at com. Welcome to the family.
4: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This
3: is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. On VZEN, the sports betting network.
5: This is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Banking Network. And we've got three hours of fun coming up as every sport that you could think of, we are going to be covering tonight as we've got a lot going on. And we've got a bunch of great guests to be able to help us out as we got to be taking a look at some football. No fans fans or buts about that. And we've got you covered as they always do on a Wednesday. Tom Casale, who does great work over at Action Network, Mark Drummeller over at Yahoo Sports they're gonna be joining me in 15 minutes. We're gonna take a little bit of a look at college with them. Gonna take a look at the NFL. And then Mark is gonna be joining me towards back half the hour to take a look at what is gonna be a great card in the UFC as UFC 280. It is this weekend. So we've got to get gassed up and we've got to get fired up for that. And hour number two, we're gonna be going with a little bit more baseball. I'm gonna give you guys my DK Nation pick for what we've got in Yankees versus the Astros as those openers are starting to pop up and A little bit of line movement there, so I'll give you those as quickly as possible. That way you're able to fire in very late overnight slash very, very early in the a.m. Get the best of that number, and then Justin Perry. He does great work at shot quality bets along with Sean's Rilla of Action Network. They're gonna be joining me. We're gonna be taking a look at the lay of the land in terms of Major League Baseball, what to make out of the NLCS and the ALCS. If there's perhaps a little bit of a way to be able to make some money in terms of things that aren't the side in the total in terms of baseball as well. And then in the final hour, we're going to talk a little bit of football with these guys, but we're also going to go with some EPL with Brad Thomas, who does great work at NBC Sports Bet, and Scott Reichel. He does great work over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Also going to be talking some NBA with them as well. As as I do this live, there are quite a few NBA games that are actually going on as I speak, and I know that Scott does great work over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's one of their main NBA guys as well. So, We've got a little bit of everything going on, and I do think that it is very important this time of year. I say it once or twice during the year, and I reiterate this during my podcast as well, trying to not get a little bit too, shall we say, thin across the line, trying to bet in the MLB, the NBA, the NFL, college football, EPL. Heck, we've got the World Cup that's going to be coming up in a little bit over a month, UFC. You get some golf action going on. You're able to go down the line. I would say now would be a good time to try to hone in on some of the sports that you know very well. And it's not like you need to completely walk away from the table and never, ever take, like, any sort of an NBA game or anything like that. It's not your natural sport. But if you try to go in-depth on every single sport, that might be a little bit of a, shall we say, act of futility. And it might turn out to be just a little bit overwhelming. So, I would say try to stick with some of those sports that you know and love and when it comes to it as well. Something that we all know and love is that when it comes to NFL quarterbacks they are always going to have some gripes and something I've been talking about quite a bit this week and I do think that it is interesting to take a look at is some of these aging quarterbacks because right now they are some of the ones that are having the biggest disappointments two seasons. Now no question about it there have been other disappointments outside of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, along with the Green Bay Packers, because you right now have a team that is in the same city that I sit right now. Lovely Las Vegas. The Raiders, they are currently one and four. It's been a stink burger of a year for them. No team has had a worse year, in my opinion, than the Carolina Panthers right now. They can their coach, and then the interim coach kicks Robbie Anderson out of a game last week, and Well, I'm not the guy that tells you about their fantasy team too much, except to make you feel good about your fantasy team. I started Robbie Anderson in my fantasy league last week. So if you feel bad about your fantasy football league, there you go. Hopefully I was able to make you feel a tad bit better about that. But when it comes down to it with the Packers and the Buccaneers, so I was talking about a little bit earlier, for one, neither of these teams certainly out of the playoff race. And we have seen time and time again, a little bit of overreaction. Keep in mind what we saw last year from the Kansas City Chiefs. Right around this time, we were talking about, oh, is the Kansas City Chiefs offense completely broken? Have they finally caught up to Patrick Mahomes? The defense for the Chiefs, it's absolutely terrible. You're able to go down the line, and then right around this time, week six, week seven, they were able to flip the switch. They were able to be one of the top teams in the AFC. And they, once again, even though they are currently at four and two, are looking like one of the better teams in the NFL, certainly the Buffalo Bills, They were able to prove on Sunday that they're a little bit clear of them, but the Kansas City Chiefs, I would say putting them number two in terms of the AFC hierarchy is very, very fair. If you've got a disagreement, let me know because I do think that they are clearly that number two team as it stands right now. We shall see if the Chargers can rise up with a little bit of a clean bill of health. But you notice this with the Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that right now there are a lot of poems going on outside of, shall we say, what is going on on the field because you saw Tom Brady, he goes to the wedding last week and then he chews out his offensive line. I know that the center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers about 24 or so hours ago came out and said he liked that that Tom Brady called out the offensive line and you can tell that it's probably, shall we say, a little bit of window dressing and just trying to make things feel good in general. And I think the age-old question is, what do you make out of off the field situations that could affect your handicapping on the field? Like I will give you an example of something that we have seen in a different sport in baseball. And I do think that it is important to take note of like with Josh Hader, I am someone that I'm from the great state of Wisconsin. I know a little bit of what goes on with the Milwaukee Brewers, know quite a few of the media members over there with Josh Hader's struggles. A lot of it came down to the fact that he, his wife was having some difficulties with regards to pregnancy and You saw that play out in terms of if you were taking a look at the injured list slash the injury report. He was on the bereavement list multiple times, skipped the all-star break because there were some complications with that, along with the complications that were happening with that pregnancy, and you certainly do feel bad on a humanity standpoint, to Josh Hader, his play went straight down the toilet bowl. We're going to call it what it is. He was not pitching well at all. Ever since that got cleared up, guess what has happened? Josh Hader, 15 straight appearances, is not allowed an earned run in any of them closes things out by the way before I go any further thoughts and prayers to anyone that had the Phillies first five on Wednesday that was not so terrific I was actually the beneficiary of this when I had the Padres on the money line for the full game I could have we could have sort of split the difference on this one if you had the bad beat and we could have had that be the sixth inning as well and we would have all been very very happy with that result but boy that, that was not good to say the least. But heading back to it. I do think that it is always important to take note of because, as we know, Tom Brady is dealing with a lot off the field. And I've just sort of been pondering a little bit more in recent weeks as to how much that weighs on someone. And I think that it's very important to take a little bit of a real world approach to this. There are many people listening right now that, because this is a show that goes on from midnight to 3 a.m. Eastern Time, many of you guys might be working a later shift slash a graveyard shift. And as I always say, These are the people that are the backbone of America. Those of you guys that you do take those later shifts, those of you guys that you do sort of work awkward hours, and I have a full appreciation for that. It's why I try to put out the best show humanly possible. Those of you guys that do that, you deserve the absolute best. And I try to bring that every single night. And the crew behind the scenes, they certainly do that as well. Like my wonderful producer Jason Kine. It is not easy to produce a show from midnight to 3 a.m. Eastern time and He's one of the best in the business. You've got my technical director, Nick. All the graphics that you see on the screen, that is courtesy of him. He does amazing work night in, night out. Those of you guys listening on Terrestrial Radio, Taylor, he is incredible in getting things all set up. Like, these guys are very, very hard workers, and they do amazing work, which is why I always try to get my best. But, I mean, when you're going through things like this, and you're trying to not only deal with what is a very difficult job to start with, being an NFL quarterback, it is not a day at the park, to say the least. You're going up against professionals that weigh 300-plus pounds that are chasing you down. Now you have all sorts of distractions in terms of trying to get set. As I think about it a little bit more, it's like, maybe this should weigh into your handicapping a little bit. Like, my main sport is college basketball. And the one thing with college basketball that is always weird is that you never know when a kid is going to have a clunker. And you don't necessarily pin it on like some 19-year-old kid for going 2 of 12 from the field. But I mean, I'm mean, i sure that there's a lot of guys I bet on, unbeknownst to me, that they're going through a little bit of a family issue. Maybe they got broken up with with their girlfriend, something of that nature, maybe a little bit worse. We're not going to reference anything like that, but we're going to keep it more tame on this show, keep it all PG. But certainly you've got to think that, there's a lot of guys that are going through issues that you just have no idea about on the surface. Like we hear about what's happening with Tom Brady. We hear about like an Aaron Rodgers breakup as well. You hear about some of those things with the big time stars in terms of the NFL. Certainly you're going to be hearing about that with like NBA players as well, things that happen off the scenes. But that said... I mean, any human being going through things like this, you always do need to be taking note of that a little bit, and you can play out all the analytics that you want, and I certainly am an analytics guy. I take a look at, when it comes to like baseball, home and road splits, right now I'm getting stuff for the upcoming college basketball season, taking a look at teams that they prospered in terms of just being able to get the ball down low versus from the three-point line, how often they are going to be trying to get to the free throw line teams that they really force the action in terms of trying to get steals but there are some things that a spreadsheet cannot take into account and I do think that that is really really important so that is something that personally with regards to my handicapping I'm trying to take a little bit more note of and when it comes to some of these disputes like we're seeing right now Aaron Rodgers sort of calling out the wide receivers Well, he hasn't really called out the wide receivers but I know that He and Matt LaFleur have been sort of going back and forth in the media in recent days. Aaron Rodgers saying that things need to be simplified. Matt LaFleur having said that he has no idea what that is, that's not necessarily a great sign. Tom Brady, all of his disputes, everything that's happening with him off the field, I do think that that probably needs to be factored in a little bit more and certainly has to be something that is done by field because until there is an algorithm for how you deal with Tom Brady becoming 45 years old and having life in general stand in the way of him and trying to get prepared for a lot of these games. You let me know because I have not found one and I don't think that there is going to be one. But I certainly think that factoring that in, I think, is going to be important. The question is how. And that's something that I'm going to try to do for you guys. And. A pair of guys that they do a terrific job of taking a look at the great game of football. That would be Mark Dremmel over there at Yahoo Sports and Tom Casali over at Action Network. They're going to be joining me next. We're going to have a little bit of college football next segment. Two seconds from now, some NFL here on v the Esports Bank Network.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VCN, the sports betting network.
5: Taste Victory and taste the Caribbean. Hit the field with cash with the Malibu Football Challenge. Draft a winning lineup and take a free shot at a share of $5,000 in cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash now to get in on the action. Malibu, nothing beats an original. 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions. They do apply. See DraftKings.com for details and, as per usual, please drink responsibly as We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by these two gentlemen. They join me every Wednesday here on the show. Mark Dremeller over there at Yahoo Sports and Tom Casale of Action Network. Gentlemen, it is great to have you aboard. And Tom, I love the fact that you went with this first game that we're going to be hitting upon because Maction on Tuesdays and Mondays is going to be returning relatively soon. We haven't gotten that quite yet, but have no fear that is going to be returning along with college basketball in a few weeks. So got a lot of good college sports coming up, but you took a position on Akron versus Kent State. Kent State finding themselves right around an 18-and-a-half to a 19-point favorite. Certainly a little bit shift on a Kent State team that many people thought was going to be, well, let's call it what it is, quite terrible this season. And how have you shifted on Kent State this season? Because this has been an interesting team to gauge, and ironically enough, they were able to put themselves on the map with not getting blown out by Georgia the way that many people thought they were going to.
3: Yeah, Kent State's played a really hard, you know, early season schedule against Oklahoma, against Georgia, against uh I forgot the other one, but <laughs> they, they played uh, Washington. It was uh, They played a really tough uh, early season schedule against those big teams, and I think that helps them in the conference play, especially going up against teams like Akron. Akron gives up a lot of explosive running plays, and that's the bread and butter of Kent State's offense. Kent State has had a lot of success the last two years against Akron, blowing them out easily in both games. You know, I think this is a nice game for Kent State to get right. Uh, the way you gauge Kent State really is if they can't run the ball, they're gonna be in trouble. But I think they run the ball easily on Saturday and win this game big.
5: Yep. When it comes to Kent State, they certainly haven't necessarily been able to get a bunch of straight up wins, but to your point, they've played a gauntlet of a schedule and have been able to hang around with some of these teams as well. So and it's been very heartening. These are a pair of teams, so that you gotta figure that the defense it is gonna be at the forefront for South Carolina and Texas AM. When it comes to South Carolina, they're a 3.0 underdog. I know that this is one that you like, Mark. Take me through this one because with Spencer Radler, he just, let's call it what it is. He has not lived up to expectations at this point, but the South Carolina defense, that has been pretty rock solid. Meanwhile, for Texas A&M, just a bunch of, I was expecting a little bit more out of this year. It feels like one week they take a step forward, the next week they take a step back, and I'm not sure what to make out of the Aggies right now either.
6: Yeah, pretty disappointing season for Texas A&M on and on. It all starts on the offensive end. And, you know, if you're going to lay points on the road, uh, you better be able to score points. And I think that's the issue with the Aggies. They're 111th in the country in scoring. Um, They are, you know, in the bottom, you know, outside of the top 95 in EPA per play and offensive success rate. So the Texas A&M offense really sputtering. So now they go to South Carolina. This is their third straight road game. They're off the bye weeks. They had a little bit of a break. Break, but still, three straight games away from home, they lost two consecutive games on the road against Alabama and Mississippi State. And I, I think they're really going to continue to struggle, you know, scoring points in this matchup. And on the other side of the ball, obviously you don't want the ball in Spencer Rattler's hands, but you know, South Carolina against Kentucky showed the ability to run the ball. Marshawn Lloyd um, had, you know, 22 carries for about, I want to say, it was like, a, you know, over hundred yards, 110 yards. And, you know, if they can have success and that's kind of where Texas A&M has been weak, they are 13th in the sec in rush defense. So if they can have success running the ball at home, um, and they can bring some pressure off the edges. Texas A&M's offensive line is working with their six different combination during injury. So on the road in a hostile environment with an offensive line that doesn't have continuity, it's a pretty bad recipe for a favorite to be laying points. So I think there's a lot of value here with South Carolina in the dog. I think they can win the game outright, but I'm just going to take the three points. If I can get the three points, it's good enough, and I'm going to play the uh, Gamecocks to get it done.
5: I don't blame you there. Two teams that I think are relatively equal, being able to get three points in a little bit of a coin toss game with a pair of teams that have certainly had their issues. I certainly can't blame you there, so I think that you've got some value on that one. And then when it comes to Navy, it has been one of the most random teams all season long. Obviously, they've got the very interesting offense in which they're looking to take things to the ground. And for the Houston Cougars, traditionally a team that doesn't play a lot of defense, does a relatively solid job on offense and I will throw this one at you, Tom, because I know that you've got a little bit of position with Houston being a three-point favorite total on this game, right around 51 and a half And I think that this is going to be a scenario where if Houston could do anything whatsoever in terms of their rush defense, it's going to be a good day for them. If they can't, it could be a very
3: long day. Yeah, I took Navy here as a slight home dog. I have this line closer to pick up. And Navy's been playing better the last few games. You know, they lost a tight game to Air Force uh you know they, they moved the ball well against uh smu offense scored a lot of points against tulsa so the last couple of games you've seen their offense kind of w- where it hasn't been in a couple years and that's why i like them this week the you you could see their defense playing okay earlier in the season, couldn't really move the football, but they're starting to throw the ball a little more, opening up that option attack a little bit. I think that's gonna give Houston some trouble. Listen, Houston loves playing close games. They've been in a ton of close games. You know, their last game, they had that comeback win against Memphis. I think that was more on Memphis than it was Houston making a comeback. I thought Memphis blew that game. I think the new and improved Navy offense gets it done. They hung a 50-burger at home on Tulsa in their last game. I, I like them getting three points at home.
5: Yep, when it comes to Navy, it is very hard to be able to prepare for that offense, so I think that that could throw Houston in for a little bit of a loop, and this is, in my opinion, a very fascinating total that you took, Mark, because we've got LSU and Ole Miss. Ole Miss right now, a two-point underdog on the road with a total of 68, and really hard to decipher this Ole Miss defense, because... It feels like they're either giving up 35 or they're giving up 7, and there's really not a lot of in-between. Meanwhile, for LSU, they've been able to do a relatively solid job on offense, but there have been a few instances this year, most notably that game against Tennessee, where they did not show up whatsoever. So I want to get your take on this game because Ole Miss still undefeated right now. I would say that they haven't necessarily executed like an undefeated team, but they're undefeated right now, and that's it, you can only play who's on the schedule right now. Where do you stand on this one? Because I think that this is one of the most fascinating games of the week.
6: Yeah, it really is. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch but you know, I took the under in this matchup just because I think we have again two uninspiring offenses. We talked about Texas A&M and you know, who would have thought in the year of the transfer portal with all the quarterbacks changing that Lane Kiffin of all people would be stuck with a quarterback he doesn't trust but that's kind of what we're seeing with Jackson Dart, you know, six interceptions on the season and you can really see in high leverage situations, you know, Ole Miss really, really leans on the rushing attack and now they have one of the best rushing attacks in the country i think they're going to employ it here against lsu you know the lsu tigers on defense to strength is their secondary you know they did let up you know 40 points against tennessee we saw how explosive that offense is but i thought there were times in that game where the secondary really played well um so i think that's going to force old miss to be one dimensional here and then you know lsu won offense obviously their passing game listen it looks like they got on track against florida florida really bad defense Uh, you know I think a lot worse than a lot of people think so not really impressed with that Jaden Daniels is you know obviously struggling with the passing game and and looks to run first and I think against Ole Miss we saw against Auburn you know they are susceptible to mobile quarterbacks so I think that's going to entice Daniels to you know use his legs a little bit more both teams doing a lot of running in this matchup I think it stays below the 68 so um I played the under here
5: and Tom interestingly enough I know you've got to play on this game as well and I know you didn't go with the total but you rather went with the side where are you leaning on this one
3: yeah I'm going against the smart guys this week I'm going to take Ole Miss here uh, I've had success betting LSU so far this season I think Brian Kelly's a coach I've had success in general with uh, I feel like I know when to go with them and when to go against them listen I think LSU is has the record they do because Brian Kelly's a heck of a coach. And I think he's got this team further along than a lot of people thought he would at this point. But to to echo what Mark said, I think Florida's terrible. I had LSU last week, and I think that's creating a little bit of value here. I just don't know how they stopped the Ole Miss running game. LSU hasn't stopped anybody on the ground all season. Uh, you know, I took similar situation. Tennessee's a lot better than Ole Miss, but that's why I took Tennessee against them. I just didn't know how how's the defense going to get off the field and stop that rushing attack. I haven't seen anything from LSU, and I don't think Jaden Daniels, as Mark said, is nearly as good as he looked last week uh, against Florida. I think the Florida defense is just absolutely dreadful. So this is going to be a close game. I, I agree with what mostly Mark said. I think both teams are going to run the football. I just think Ole Miss is the better team, better running game. I think that gets it done in the end.
5: And to your point, Jaden Daniels last season while he was at Arizona State, 10 touchdowns and to 10 interceptions right now. He's had 10 touchdowns to one pick. I think that we're going to see a little bit of regression there. So we shall see what we get in a very fascinating Saturday, which involves quite a few home underdogs. And I know that you guys took quite a few of them. So that is going to be a lot of fun to see. But we've got some underdogs in the NFL that are very spicy as well. We're going to be rejoined next by Tom Casali of Action Network and Mark Drummeller of Yahoo Sports. We take a look at these here on Beeson cin Bank Network.
3: Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that has helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering a smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zinn understands that there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline's a little bit different, and everyone's on their own journey, but when you feel like you're ready to take that first step forward towards change, Zinn is going to be there for you. Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That is Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this is a product that contains nicotine, and nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on v the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Mark Dremmel, who does great work over at Yahoo Sports, and Tom Casale, likewise, over at Action Network. And, We'll lead off with you for this one, Mark, as I know you've got to play in terms of Monday Night Football between the Bears and the Patriots, continuing a theme of, you well, know, not-so-terrific primetime games, but I actually really like what I've seen out of Bailey Zappi thus far, and the market seems to agree with me on him as this opened up with the Patriots being right around a 6 to a six 6.5-point favorite. This has gone up to 8. Does the line move have you a little bit scared on the New England Patriots, or are the Bears just pretty much a fade at this point?
6: Yeah, I, I think it's the latter, right? The Bears are pretty much a fade, you know, and especially in this type of situation, right? Like you have, you know, Bill Belichick at home um, against, you know, Justin Fields, right? And, you know, we Fields' issues this year have been well-documented just as far as, like, you know, picking up defenses and, and being able to make plays in that Bears' offense. And, and I think Belichick, you know, can really put him through the ringer here. He has a history of really, you know, um, you know, confusing young quarter backs and making their life a little bit difficult so um i don't expect much out of the bears offense here so you know laying pay more than the key number here laying the eight points really you know isn't a isn't a big deal because I think the Patriots offense is really starting to find their identity under Bailey Zappi, right? You know, Zappi completed 70% of his passes for over 300 yards against Cleveland. And you're just seeing them be much more efficient on offense. They got the running game going The bears defense 27th in defensive success rate. Um, You know, so I think they're going to be able to run. I think they're going to be able to move the ball score points. And on the other side, like I just can't see Justin Fields on the road um, with Bill. Belichick on the other uh sidelines getting a, a lot done offensively. So I think the Patriots cover here pretty comfortably. Um, you know, I got it at the open at seven. You know, I play it still here at eight. I think we're good here. I think the Patriots roll.
5: Yep, no question. Take a look to see if this might move a little bit during the week, but it's for me, Patriots are nothing as well. So I don't disagree with you there. And it's becoming a running theme every Wednesday when it comes to you, Tom, because I think at some point we're going to need to get a sounder for this for fade Nathaniel Hackett. He can't hack it. Something like that, because you're once again going on the fade Nathaniel Hackett bandwagon. And I can tell you on this show, there has not been a lot of love for Nathaniel Hackett either. So I agree with you here. Where do you stand in terms of jets versus the Broncos? Because I know that you hit the opener on this one. And we have seen a little bit of line movement.
3: Yeah, well, he finally got me last week for the first time this season. He's coaching against uh, another guy who's almost as big a dope as he is. Ugh. So, uh, but that you know that number, to be honest though, last week I thought the market actually caught up with it. You, you know, that, that was four, four and a half, five points. You know, a little bit tougher to cover. But I, I, I took the Jets at three and a half on the opener thinking, boy, over a field goal in this game, and that was before the Russell Wilson news hit. And I also took the under 42. I actually had to wipe my eyes. I I couldn't believe I said, is that a three or a four? I mean, 42. Were they going to play seven, eight quarters? I just couldn't believe it, and now the number's down to 38. To be honest, I don't love that Wilson might not play. I already put the bet in. He's playing so poorly. I mean, who's the backup? Brett Rippon? He can't be any worse at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe he's a better fit in the offense. We'll find out. But I just think this is going to be a game where both teams are going to rush the quarterback. Both coaches are going to call it conservatively. They're not going to want to make mistakes. They're going to run the ball. They're going to punt. They're going to play defense. Robert Sala finally has his a defense that's healthy. They're getting after the quarterback. They, they, you know, they, they cover receivers, the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos defense is good enough to be unbeaten right now. So I think the way this game's going to be called sets up for a tight, low scoring game. So jets plus the points and then the under.
5: Yep. I agree with you. I think that now that the line is between a pick'em and a one, now it's getting down a little bit too low because to your point, the yeah. Denver Broncos, they have an absolutely amazing defense and, They might be the highest scoring unit in this game because you talk about your lack of faith in Russell Wilson as of right now, game time decision. He's questionable because he's dealing with a hamstring. But I mean, you can say this about both teams. I have no faith in Wilson because Zach Wilson himself looked a little bit better recently, but I'm not willing to put my money on him quite yet either.
3: No, you're right. And this is now that the lines move, this is more of a teaser game. I think, you know, you tease the Jets up to 10. Uh, it it would take the Broncos probably three weeks to cover 10 points. So I think that's where you're at in this game.
5: Yep, this is certainly a case in which I don't think that there's going to be a lot of points. I'm in agreement with you there. And then how about if we take a look at the Thursday night game as well, which it's really sad to say that this is an upgrade to what we've gotten the last few weeks. Because, well, when you've got the Commanders versus the Bears, you really can't go lower. They talk about rock bottom, and I think that Thursday night football last week, certainly reach rock bottom. Now you've got the Saints and the Arizona Cardinals. A pair of teams that they have been, shall we say, disappointing this year, but at the very least, it should have at least a pulse on offense as the Arizona Cardinals, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites. New Orleans Saints are just completely decimated by injuries. Meanwhile, for the Arizona Cardinals, it's a case of which we talk about Nathaniel Hackett being a terrible coach. Not far from that conversation should be Cliff Kingsbury as well and what he's been able to do, but... That said, I do think that DeAndre Hopkins makes a big difference for the Arizona Cardinals. I think this might be a little bit of a get-right spot for the Cardinals. Not sure where you stand on this one, Mark, but as I take a look at it, anything below three might be a take for me on Arizona.
6: Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how Hopkins reintegrates himself in the offense, and if it does help Kyler Murray. Like, I, I think the problem with the Arizona Cardinals is, is, you know, especially under Cliff Kingsbury, they're a team that beats themselves. And if you look at, you know, how, you know, they play, they they always start slow. You know, and and it's just like I feel like the offense just never seems to really get a rhythm. So maybe Hopkins changes happen in his first game back. Um, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to really invest in this Arizona team. It just seems like they're a team that's kind of spiraling towards, you know, Cliff Kingsbury getting let go at the end of the year and them kind of starting over. Uh, they went out and traded for Robbie Anderson, which can't be great for the locker room, right? We, we obviously got kicked off the Panthers. So they just seem like a really desperate team. And usually when teams have their backs against the wall and they're desperate, the results aren't good.
5: Yeah, it's been a rough year for the Arizona Cardinals. With the Saints, they had a new coaching regime and it feels like it's taking a little bit of time for them. Where do you stand on this game, Tom? If you've got anything at all, don't feel bad if you don't have anything, because this is a relatively hard game to handicap, in my opinion.
3: Well, I I did did take a prop in this game. I took Kyler Murray over 245 and a half passing yards. If you look at the Saints the last three games, they've given up over this number all three times. The last two quarterbacks they played have thrown for uh, three, three touchdowns each. So the last two quarterbacks they played. So I think over one and a half, touchdowns too. I just I I think you know I kind of think Hopkins is one of the few players that can come in and make an immediate impact I think that's going to help the offense And as I'm going to play the odds here, I'm I'm just going to say there's going to be a little bit of offense. I mean, how many Thursday night games can we watch (laughs) with no offense whatsoever? So I win or lose. I think Kyler Murray has a nice night. So over 245 and a half yards and maybe over a one and a half TDs as well. Jeff
5: Bezos spot into Thursday night football thinking he would get some good football and said he's been getting viewers that have been hate watching a lot of these games, which boy, I mean, it's drawn an audience. It hasn't necessarily drawn up the attention that you want, but it's drawn an audience. So they're set And let's hopefully get a little bit more, shall we say excitement in this game, as I'll throw this one at you, Mark guys, I know that you took a position in terms of this lions versus Cowboys game. Cowboys are currently a seven point favorite. John's game is anywhere between 48 and a half and 49. Certainly you want to be checking the news in terms of quarterbacking ordeal, but when it comes to baseball, I always love fading pitchers coming off of, the injured list or first time out. I feel like you can apply a lot of that for quarterbacks. I think Dak Prescott, no question, is the better quarterback, but I think there might be a little bit of rust if he starts in this game. And either way, I think that there's a little bit of value in terms of the Lions getting a touchdown. Not sure where you stand, but I sort of have taken that approach.
6: Yeah, I agree with you, Greg. I mean, I think, you know, Prescott coming back in his first game, you have to allow for a little bit of timing to get you know for them to get in the rhythm and for him to establish continuity and i think we have a lions team where nobody needed to buy more than the detroit lions they were decimated with injuries but now they're getting swift back they're getting st brown back and i think that's really going to help them against this dallas pass rush uh you know having an outlet you know goff having an outlet lake smith the uh, lake swift the kind of go to um, in the passing game when that pass rush gets them goff did very well against washington and philadelphia 2 teams with a strong pass rush and i think dallas coming off the deflating loss to philadelphia i think it's going to be real tough for them to rebound in this spot so i took the lions
5: and to your point i think that too many people were a little bit too sour on jared Goff coming into the year certainly not the next hall of fame or anything like that but a competent quarterback and it is always great to have you aboard tom i know that you do great work over at action network and mark i know you're going to be joining me on the other side as we're going to be talking a little ufc so We've got a little bit of everything going on in the sports world. We're going to be shifting our attention from football to UFC with Mark on the other side, right here on Beeson eSports Bank Network.
1: Check out the VEASAN store for the latest and greatest in sports betting fashion. We have more than 40 shirt designs, including our most popular one. Cash and tickets is what it's all about. You'll find VEASAN shirts and hats for any occasion. And they're all made to order, so you can find the right design, color, and size perfect just for you. You'll find VEASAN hats and even VEASAN coffee mugs all in our online store. Just go to VEASAN.com slash store and order now. That's VEASAN.com slash store. Check out the new betting splits feature on VEASAN.com before you place your next bet. Every day, we post the latest splits with the percentage of bets and money on teams and total for each game. Track which teams are seeing the most tickets written and if the public action matches the money coming in on those games to give yourself an edge. Betting splits plus live odds, line moves, power ratings, and game analysis makes VEASAN.com the place to visit before you place your next bet. That's VSIN.com.
3: Peterson himself on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: All sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you are interested in football, basketball, hockey, or baseball, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for promotions like the Tuesday hockey first goal insurance, Friday night college football bet plus get Sunday football parlay insurance, and so much more. Head on over to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today, as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Vison the Sports Bank Network. Great to be rejoined by Mark Drumheller to take a look at what we're going to be getting this week in the UFC. Mark does amazing work over there at Yahoo taking a look at both football and I know you do a great job on this UFC card. And first things first, before we take a look at any fights in general, what is your overall takeaway from this card? Because we've had a couple fight nights. Those have been nice, but I was mentioning this to you uh, fair. This is one of the biggest bangers of a card that I've seen in a very long time.
6: Yeah, it's really incredible, and it makes the waiting through the fight nights and the you know the fights at the apex with no crowd. It it makes it all really worth it when you get a card like this, and you know, fingers crossed that you know we don't have any weight issues or any last minute injuries or anything. But you know, getting to two title fights, and and not only just two title fights, but two fights. Two title fights between, you know, dynamic champions, you know, like Charles Oliveira, obviously um, just, you know, dominating wins over guys like Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, anyone you put in front of them. And then, you know, Aljamain Sterling, you know, overcoming the Piotr Jan stuff and and TJ Dillashaw coming back, you know, after obviously his, you know, um you know, uh, you know, doping issues and, and, you know, it's just a lot of storylines layered, but it's not even that, you know, you get, you got a lot of talent throughout the card, even on the prelims, lots of great fights. So I can't wait till Saturday. Fast forward me to Saturday. Now, get me through the weigh-ins, make sure everybody hits weight so we can have an, you know, incredible card. Absolutely. Yon versus O'Malley is going to be big.
5: TJ Jill's shot being back in the octagon. That is big. Obviously, we're going to hit on the Olivera fight in a few minutes, but you mentioned it, the undercard. It does have some nice fights as well. I've been liking what I've been seeing recently when it comes to what you've been able to get out of a few of these other guys as well. As I do think that Sean Brady perhaps has a little bit of values between a minus 142, a minus 145 favorite. In terms of the undercard, is there a fight or two that really stands out to you for some value?
6: Yeah, I did take I took Muhammad against Brady and it was really tough because I'm a huge Brady fan there. And, uh, you know, I just think that. You know, Muhammad in this matchup, you look at Brady, what he wants to do. He's going to work the jab, right? He's going to work the jab. He's going to try and soften you up, get you on the ground. But he's really top position dependent when he gets you to the ground. He's either going to try and, you know, if he can get you in like that body triangle, but ultimately he wants to get, you know, top position on you. And I just think, you know, it's going to be a really big test for him. You know, Muhammad's a fighter who, you know is really seasoned always comes in with a good fight IQ always has a good game plan he has good takedown defense so he's going to make Brady kind of work and, and I think he's going to test Brady here um, I, I think that he's going to try and stay on the outside he's really Muhammad's really good at frustrating fighters and I think that's where we might see Brady's inexperience come into play here I thought getting Muhammad at plus money was worth a buy here so I did take a shot on the underdog love Brady but I think this could be kind of like a learning experience for him in this matchup
5: yep i do think that this is going to be one of the better ones on the prelim card and certainly it's one of the most shall we say evenly priced fights as well as we do have a couple of chalkier fights like this o'malley versus peter yawn fight yawn relatively sizable favorite between minus 265 to minus 275 round prop is actually quite juicy over I now not i'm seeing the over on the round prop at more than minus two dollars so I'm certainly thinking that this is going to be going to the judges' scorecard. Did you do anything with this fight? Because I do think that it's one of the more intriguing ones, and we've seen quite a bit of a fall in terms of Jan as he opened up as more than a minus 350 favorite in a lot of spots.
6: Yeah, so I did. I did play this one to good at distance. I got it a little early at minus 175. I think really that's how this fight's going to play out because. You know, a key factor in this is, you know, Jan is going from five-round fights to three-round fights, right? And if you watch him fight, you know, he really takes some time to kind of dissect his opponent, to see what they're doing, and kind of adjust from there. And I just wonder if going from that, you know, five-round fight to a three-round fight, if there's going to be a lack of urgency, right? And I, I think that that's why we're seeing some money come in on the O'Malley side, because, in a three round fight, you know, if you can steal round one, like if O'Malley can come out hot and steal round one, then it's, you know, you only got two rounds left. He just has to kind of sway one of the judges to win those two rounds. You could get a coin flip decision and end up with a big price on a money, do- on an underdog cash in here um, with O'Malley. But, you know, ultimately, I did play it to go to the decision just because I think Jan is the better fighter. You know, O'Malley's very good defensively. Jan's a little bit of a headhunter. So you're going to see O'Malley kind of, you know, doing a good job like retreating and staying, you know, away from distance at range early in the fight. And I, I think the. You know, as the fight goes on, I think you're going to see Jan heat up. I I think it's probably going to be a close decision towards the end. It'll be interesting to see if Jan goes after O'Malley's legs early. If that happens, then, you know, I'll definitely be live betting Jan. You know, if he loses the first round and then starts attacking the legs, it's going to be an opportunity to, you know, get some money down mid-fight on Peter Jan because I think that's really is his best pass to the victory. If he can take out O'Malley's legs, we've seen him have trouble with that in the past. I think that'll help him, uh, you know, earn the victory here.
5: And such a good point on Jan going from five-round fights to three-round fights and being a guy that he really likes to feel guys out. So I like that angle there, but... We've done the appetizers. Let's get into the main entree of this. How about Aljamain Sterling against TJ Dillashaw? Dillashaw right around about a plus 150 to a, I'm seeing as high as 165 underdog as well. This is our own prop that it is very much juicy over four and a half. You're finding that right around about minus 185 to a minus 195. Where do you go on this one? Because Dillashaw, no doubt he had quite a layoff. Still, in my opinion, one of the better fighters in the world, but Sterling a little bit more in form
6: yeah definitely you know agree it's going to be an outstanding fight I like Dillashaw well I should say I bet Dillashaw right nobody likes Dillashaw right after what he's been through but you know I did bet Dillashaw I think that there's value here with him again as an underdog Sterling if you watch him fight he likes to stay on the outside his styles a little bit unorthodox you know he's going to try and stay at distance and kind of circle the cage use his kicks to kind of get inside and and use his wrestling and that's what he wants to do he wants to get to the ground take your back work his submission missions But, um, you know, one of the things Dillashaw does really well is cuts off the cage. And I think that's really going to be the difference. He's going to be able to cut off the cage, you know, really take the movement away from Sterling and, you know, Dillashaw is clearly the more explosive striker here. He's the one with knockout power. He uses his kicks well to set up level changes. I think he's going to be the more active fighter. I think this one goes the distance and I think the volume is going to play in Dillashaw's favor. I think he comes away with the victory. He becomes everybody's favorite villain and the new champion
5: I do think that it's going to be so interesting to take a look at this one good point I'm saying that you bet them rather than you (laughs) like them so that was giving me a little bit of a chuckle and let's dive into the main fight Charles Oliveira a man that he lost his belt pretty much on the scale quite a bit ago and now he's going to be going up against one of the most trendy guys in the world in Mahachev Batchev right around about a minus 185 to a minus 195 favorite with Oliveira. You know that he is going to be very hungry to be able to get his belt back. And very interesting to see this round prop being at one and a half juicy over in most spots. So A lot of people are thinking that there's going to be a big finish in this one. Where do you stand?
6: Yeah, I think it's very possible we get a big finish in this one. And I, you know, I took Oliveira. Like he's he's a fighter I've been extremely impressed with. I got him at plus 195 very early when they announced the fight. I bet it again. It got down to like 165, you know. So and I would bet it again at this number. You know, like Oliveira. I think in this matchup, when you look at these two fighters and their styles, I I think that's really the key because Oliveira wants to put you in the fire and then he wants to suffocate you when you try and escape. And that's really what he is. He wins with his transitions off his opponent's reactions. And then you have, you know, Makachev, who's a very deliberate fighter. You know, he goes in there with one objective. He wants to get in close. He wants to take you down. He wants to flatten you out and he wants to pound you into submission. And that's really what Makachev wants to do. But Oliveira, much more diverse he's in there playing chess you know whether he's standing or striking um, he's going to constantly be attacking you you know we saw it against Dustin Poirier he was able to transition and get his back while standing even when he's on the ground he's constantly attacking legs with leg locks triangles just to try and put his opponent in awkward positions it's almost like you know he knows what's coming before it happens with his opponents and I think that you know it's going to be interesting to see if Makachev can handle that type of pressure, that type of constant attacking, because Oliveira is a fighter who fights without fear. He's not afraid of getting taken down because of his Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's not afraid of getting knocked down. We've seen him get knocked down by the best, most powerful lightweights in the division. He gets right back up and finishes the fight. So I think that the adversity that he's faced throughout his career gives him a freedom and a confidence to really go in there and constantly apply pressure and attack. And I think that this is a huge step up in competition for Makachi and I think Oliveira gets it done.
5: I think that it's going to be a very fascinating fight. And the pro tip for this hour, you're able to get them all at slash subscribe. Take a look at situational sets when it comes to players, whether they're on slash off the court. And in hour number two, we are going to be taking a look at my DK Nation pick for baseball here on VEASAN Esports Betting Network.
1: Check out the VEASAN store for the latest and greatest in sports betting fashion. We have more than forty shirt designs, including our most popular one. Cash and tickets is what it's all about. You'll find decent shirts and hats for any occasion, and they're all made to order, so you can find the right disorder. So you can find the right disorder. So you can find the right disorder. So you can.